0: On today's 501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members, I have the pleasure of introducing and interviewing Steven Solomon, the managing shareholder of Gray Robinson's Miami office and chair of the firm's bankruptcies section. Say that 10 times fast. So in this podcast, we talk about nonprofit bankruptcies. Who would have thought that's even a strategic option for some of these organizations? So please join me now as we speak with Steven Solomon.
1: Hey everybody, Reed Corley here to let you know we will be releasing a new podcast every week. If you want to be the best board member you can be, visit our website, thecorleycompany.com to sign up for our email list to be the first to know when a podcast drops.
0: All right. Joining me t- today is Stephen Solomon. and uh, This is a little different podcast. Stephen is actually a bankruptcy attorney for Gray Robinson. You heard that in the in the intro uh, when I read his bio. And Stephen and I have known each other for a couple of years now through Leadership Florida. And we had a fascinating conversation one day about nonprofit bankruptcy. And I said, I've got to ask him to come on the podcast if I ever start that podcast. Stephen, how are you doing on this beautiful Friday today?
2: I'm good, Michael. Thank you so much for Including me on your podcast series, you and I have had great opportunities to talk about what you do for a living, and now uh, you know now I could be be part of it. Thank you.
0: Well, and I appreciate you taking the time to share your expertise because you really have a specialized niche as a bankruptcy attorney, and you've recently had some experience, or maybe it's been more than recent, of working with some nonprofits. And let's just jump right in. So, so when I when you mention nonprofit bankruptcy, when I hear it, what Can you talk a little bit about that? What happens that would cause a nonprofit to go into bankruptcy or to start going down that path? Sure.
2: So there are the same reasons that would cause a for-profit to file for bankruptcy, generally the same reason that a not-for-profit with possibly one exception. So we, we find companies end up filing for bankruptcy because they're their uh, expenses exceed their, their, their income. They end up uh, in, a, in, a de- in, a, in a situation where, where their, their debt is just unmanageable. Uh, we also find that not-for-profits end up filing for bankruptcy because they're hit with an unexpected judgment. There could be a litigation claim that just ended up going very wrong, and we could see that in the not-for-profit context. We could also see uh, a not-for-profit filing for bankruptcy simply as a vehicle to restructure its obligations. And lastly, uh, there may be a not-for-profit bankruptcy because the not-for-profit has decided to wind down and they're looking for a legal vehicle to transition its assets to potentially another not-for-profit, but at the same time, leaving certain liabilities behind. So it could be uh, a a wind-down strategy, it could be a reorganization strategy where the not-for-profit is looking for a way to restructure its debt in order to remain viable, Um, or it could be to address a particular litigation claim so those are three general reasons. Of course, those are the general reasons, and then as you know, there's 25 exceptions. Sure. But those are those are sort of the general reasons why uh, a bankruptcy would would be filed, and then we can talk about the different forms of bankruptcy because bankruptcies come in different forms. Yeah.
0: They do. And I I appreciate that. So, and I do want to get into the different forms of bankruptcy, but let me ask you this in your experience, is it larger nonprofits, smaller nonprofits that would go down this path or is there no, no, uh, theme?
2: I don't, I don't think, um, the size necessarily dictates it. It all depends on whether it makes sense. There are, I would say that I counsel more clients out of filing for bankruptcy than into filing for bankruptcy because bankruptcy has to work. It has to make sense. There has to be, I often tell clients, bankruptcy is not a destination. It's a means to an end. So there's a lot of time that you have to spend on the front end, understanding what the goals are. So for instance, if the not-for-profit just doesn't work anymore, right? For instance, they're not meeting their mission or their mission is no longer relevant or they're not able to obtain support from their um, uh, uh, supporters, stakeholders, then it, it just may be that it, that it doesn't make sense. And it, and it could be that it's not because they're financially insolvent, it could simply be that the that the not for profit has run its course, and they've reached a point where uh, it just it just doesn't it it's just not a supportable venture any longer. Right? That is not a bankruptcy. That is not a bankruptcy. That is a wind down, but that's not a bankruptcy. So, I, so in answer to your question, I really have to understand what the current circumstances are. Whether this is still a viable organization, whether it could be more viable if we were able to restructure its debts, and then where we're trying to go. You have to be really uh, uh, attuned to the particular mission of that not-for-profit and the impact a bankruptcy could have on its supporters. Because unlike a for-profit, consumers will shop at the same, you know, uh, if Bed Bath & Beyond ends up filing for bankruptcy, if you're a consumer of Bed Bath & Beyond, it may or may not impact your decision to continue to be a customer. But if you're running a not-for-profit that files for bankruptcy, and then you're also going out to your strongest supporters to raise money, it might have, uh, 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 it might be less successful, right? Because people may feel that they don't want to contribute or support an organization that is mission-driven but not accomplishing them efficiently, appropriately. They're not scoring well on Charity Navigator because they haven't checked all those boxes. And then you wonder, you know, how are you going to successfully go through a public grant process or seek money from a government agency? So you have to really think long and hard when you're filing a bankruptcy because the impact of that bankruptcy on your long-term viability is much greater than in the for-profit world.
0: That's that's interesting. And so what I'm hearing you say, it's, it's, bankruptcy is a strategic approach to something. Like you said, it's not a means to an end. You, you would employ it to from a strategic perspective, uh, given all the considerations that you just shared. So at, at what point are there... Situations that a nonprofit starts to think about bankruptcy, uh, what makes them ultimately call Stephen Solomon?
2: So I'm gonna give you a recent example. Okay, this is a large scale, right? So big and small, this would be big. Mm -hmm. The Boy Scouts of America filed for bankruptcy. Okay, so who would have thought, right? The Boy Scouts of America files for bankruptcy. Well, they filed for bankruptcy not because scouting is no longer a thing, or you know, young you know young kids don't want to be you know matriculate into the program. That was a litigation strategy. That was because the Boy Scouts of America was being sued um, all over the country for alleged conduct that was inappropriate, or allegedly, you know, and uh, they were looking for a, a way to harness all of this litigation and administer it in a way that didn't require the boy scouts to be defending these actions all over the country so they used bankruptcy as a vehicle to corral all of these claims and administer a process to resolve those claims in a single forum okay so that's strategic so rather than having a lawsuit in, in in Sarasota and a lawsuit in Atlanta and a lawsuit in LA and you know all all against the, the 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 scouts they said you know what bankruptcy gives us one court one judge one forum one way of equitably addressing all of these claims determining which claims are valid valuing the claims and determining how we are able to Tap into our various resources to address those without sinking the Boy Scouts of America. Because, you know, the litigation costs could have been just extraordinarily high. So that is an example of a strategic bankruptcy where there was a purpose. It did not go to whether or not the underlying mission of the not for profit was failing. Uh, so that's an example. Fraud would be another example. You know, a not-for-profit is a victim of a of a terrible fraud. Remember back in the Madoff days? Yes, yes. Well, there were not to, not-for-profits that might have invested their um, their endowments in in Madoff and could have lost all of that, and it created instability in the financial uh, uh, the finances of the organization. That could have been a reason and I, and I don't have an example of one that could have but I know that there are lots of organizations that invested in Madoff and made off and and could could have could have ultimately jeopardized their sustainability that could have been a bankruptcy. but that's explainable, right? The marketplace understands it. I, I think where you would have a greater time with a successful chapter 11, which is a reorganization is if you have a poor management where you're not, man- you're, not, you're not managing your cash flow, where you're making poor business decisions that have jeopardized the organization, whether you are not meeting your mission, where, where you're unable to gain support for whatever it is you're trying to accomplish a bankruptcy in that context i think is going to draw a much greater sort of jaundiced eye from the from the from the community than the examples i gave you before right that so, makes sense you know, if you lose your money and you made off and you made you know you, you did everything yeah. right and you lost it and it really created a a financial hole that you can't fill um, you're 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 going to have a, 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 there's going to be a fair amount of sympathy for that Versus the other example, which I gave, which is you're you know you're just not managing your organization well, that that will probably not be as successful of a chapter eleven. So I think you have to look at the trigger event. You've got to look at what you're trying to accomplish, and there's a lot of upfront analysis. And so you asked a question: When would someone consult with someone in my practice area, right? Um, like I said, I, I spend more time counseling clients out of bankruptcy. During COVID, I received a lot of phone calls from potential, you know, clients saying, Hey, here's what's going on. Um, my business is shuttered. Should I file for bankruptcy? Because there are, uh, s- s- state and local regulations that have required us to lock our doors. We can't operate. So should I file for bankruptcy, you know, and, and and not, you know, that that's not a bankruptcy, you know. I mean, bankruptcy is not going to solve the problem that you have no revenue. So, if the board is faced with a situation that could jeopardize the viability of the organization for any of the reasons we've talked about, whether it be litigation, whether it be expenses exceeding revenues whether it means hey we expected this huge pledge it didn't come in we we, 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 we we spent the money before we had it we made commitments and reliance on it and something happened you know all these events that because the the board members they have a you know they have a duty of loyalty to their stakeholders right they have a duty. They 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 have a duty of care, a duty of loyalty. I'm sure these are all terms you've talked about with your clients all the time, and the fiduciary duty that is uh, placed on a member of a board is different because you're not there to maximize shareholder returns, right? You're not there to show huge profits on your on your balance sheet. You're, 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 or, 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 or I'm sorry, on your income statement, you're there. You know, you're there as a steward to ensure that your organization is meeting its mission, is 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 accomplishing its goals for its stakeholders. It's not, it's 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 not for uh, 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 shareholders. It's not to to, to show a profit. So if you believe that there are facts and circumstances that are going to jeopardize the organization's ability to meet its mission, to accomplish its stated goals, because of a circumstance like one we've described, whether it be the potential risk of an adverse uh, uh, ruling in litigation, whether it be an unexpected drop-in in, in in funding whether it be uh, uh some sort, some sort of uh uh financing that has gone awry you know you've variable rate you borrowed a lot of money on a variable rate interest rates went up oh my god we didn't expect that that's a time to consult with a bankruptcy lawyer to simply explore and I will say that it actually is important. It's not just, hey, it would be good to have this information. I would say if there are circumstances that are facing a board where the board is concerned about viability of the organization, it is incumbent upon that board to explore whether or not there are options to address those needs. And if if ultimately bankruptcy is not the right channel, you check the box.
0: That is absolutely fascinating. This is like going to school about bankruptcy. So, you know, in the for-profit world, we hear chapter 11, chapter seven. Do the same rules and laws apply to nonprofits?
2: They do. Um, So their chapter seven is a liquidation. Mm -hmm. So chapter seven, you've determined that there is no long-term viability for the business. Okay. And so uh, chapter seven would be a liquidation. In all likelihood, I would probably I would probably find very, very few instances where a chapter seven would make sense. What would probably make more sense if the organization has just run its course is uh, is more of a dissolution. And uh, ultimately, as you know, when you dissolve a not for profit, there is going to be um, um, within the corporate governance of that organization, there are going to be rules with what you do with whatever's remaining. So, because who do you distribute it to, right? I mean, because you don't have shareholders to distribute it to. So, likely what would happen is the organizational uh, documents would probably dictate that upon dissolution, whatever dollars are left would be contributed to an organization with a similar mission. It would roll into something that would be similar. Uh, Out of curiosity, I took a look at the bankruptcy code before our meeting, and there's actually a provision of the bankruptcy code that deals specifically with what happens to assets in a not-for-profit. And so. What the bankruptcy code actually provides is that property of a not for profit can only be transferred to an entity that is not a 501c3. So it's sort of a double negative, right? So a not for profit can only transfer assets to a for profit if, under the or- organizational documents of that not for profit, it would have been allowed so that's a long way of saying that in a not for profit a, a liquidation of a not for profit would most likely result in the remaining assets being transferred to a like not for profit a chapter 11 is the much more likely and i'll tell you that most so that's why i say in a chap- chapter 7 in a straight liquidation scenario there are lots of options to wind down and liquidate a not for profit that keeps it out of a bankruptcy court Okay. which is most likely going to be the better course. We don't need a bankruptcy trustee involved in winding down our business. It, that's most likely the the, the, the course that w- would be the most recommended. Um, obviously, every fact, facts and circumstances are always specific and you've got to have people that sure. are interested in actually effectuating the wind down. I mean, a trustee would make sense if everybody wants to just walk away and decided they don't want to be involved anymore. Um, But a Chapter 11 is a reorganization. So for instance, Boy Scouts of America is a reorganization. So bankruptcy reorganizations, the culmination of a bankruptcy reorganization under Chapter 11 is what's called a plan. So it's, it's, it's here's my business plan for how we are going to emerge successfully from bankruptcy Here is how we are going to address our claims, whatever the issue is, whether it be secured debt, whether it be litigation claims, whether it be we just got behind on our vendor debt, here's our plan and here is how we're gonna do it. Here is how we are going to emerge successfully and this is how we are going to treat our creditors. And then that becomes a, a Apparently, depending upon the complexity of the business, I mean, that could be a very sophisticated uh, uh, plan. There are also, in Chapter 11, if you have substantial creditors, creditors are, are, in a Chapter 11, are invited to participate in what's called a creditor's committee, which is appointed by an arm of the Department of Justice And so you could have three, four, five, six, usually it's an odd number of creditors who are representing your creditor body. Often they become sort of a negotiating body that you work together to come up with a plan. But now we're in this, this is the same path that a for-profit would ultimately result, uh, 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 the the ultimate culmination of a for-profit would result in a plan process as well
0: that is really interesting and so we're talking chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, it would be more likely more than likely so who, who i'm just who calls you is it the executive director is it the board chair and goes hey steven i think we got a problem usually how, how would the the non go about exploring uh bankruptcy so we
2: get calls in a lot of different ways sometimes it's from board council Uh, Sometimes it's for just the company's general counsel. Often it's relationship-based, right? Uh, The chairman of the board sees that there are issues. If the company is involved in litigation, then it'll often be whoever's defending the litigation says, you know what, we ought to explore whether this litigation makes sense. Maybe we ought to look at a bankruptcy alternative. Sometimes it's outside consultants. Well, often not-for-profits that are having financial issues will bring in uh, third-party consulting firms to come in and sort of management consulting. You know, they mm-hmm. come in to figure out, hey, what's going wrong, what's wrong here? Whether it's on the financial side, operational side, uh, someone like yourself who's on the inside, who sees what's going on says, you know what, this would be a good, I- this would be a good idea. So it's so a lot of different ways. I'll, I take the call from anyone.
0: Sure. Yeah, that, that's interesting uh, because there would have to be some. I would think some level of sophistication and awareness for somebody on the board to even know this is an option that that you can employ uh, bankruptcy as a strategic option in the right circumstances. And, and I suspect most aren't aware of that. Right.
2: Well, I would, I would, I would, I would uh, agree with you that it may not be intuitive. But hopefully, opportunities like this to speak with you is a way to educate board, you know, board members. Uh, we we try to any every opportunity I get. Um, I mean, and I actually uh, uh, have rep- I represent several boards right now who are either board members, bo- boards of directors of companies that are analyzing bankruptcy. I currently represent two company, two boards of directors of companies that are currently in Chapter Eleven. We made the decision to file, and ultimately, uh, uh, and incidentally, they're 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 not for profits. Hmm. And so, it uh, it should just be the the flat the red flag should come up when there are any issues that arise, which either threaten the solvency of the organization the long-term viability of the organization but most specifically in those situations where you are concerned that you're unable to meet your obligations as they come due and the the the, the most important is or 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 there are going to be defaults triggered defaults right so let's say there is bank financing, bond financing, and you're concerned that you're either facing a monetary or non-monetary default, or you've actually been placed in default, those are all situations where red flags are are flying. Mm -hmm. And you ought to be talking to someone who can at least evaluate strategic alternatives that may include... A bankruptcy or other type of insolvency proceeding.
0: Now, the example you used earlier was um, uh, Boy Scouts, which we're all uh, aware of. So, you went. So, they've filed bankruptcy, and I think they've even submitted a plan. So, they should be able to emerge and continue functioning because they employed this strate- this strategy of bankruptcy. So, you would anticipate that, you know, barring something else that happens that uh they should be able to re-emerge and function as a as they were you know theoretically correct correct okay. so
2: you know that's and, and that's a, a a highly complicated bankruptcy so what and I'm, I'm not involved in the case but what would probably happen in a case like in a case like that is it would emerge and they would create a fund of some kind of trust and all of the litigation claims would be resolved and channeled through a trust that and a trustee who would administer, and in that case, I'm sure there's insurance money and other money that might, you know, go into it. But you're, you're you're correct, because why the Boy Scouts of America remain a viable organization with a mission that still makes sense. They're still serving a a public that wants the Boy Scouts. So you look. At, I always evaluate at the very beginning. I always ask this question. It's probably my first question I ask clients if you didn't have this problem okay quote problem whatever that problem however you define the problem is th- does this organization remain viable do you still have a mission that makes sense you're still serving a public that wants you you know you're still you're you still there's still a need right for you you've got to evaluate at the front end what has caused the problem and would that problem be ameliorated if you were able to buy time and if you were able to get be able to, in a structured way, be able to resolve the problem, whether it be litigation, whether it be debts beyond what they can pay. If I gave you time, froze all of your problems in time and said, you're going to continue to operate moving forward. Do you have a, a viable underlying organization that still is you know still still has merit if you can't answer that question if you feel like you've lost your mission or your mission no longer matters or you just can't get the you just can't can't bring it all together then that's why i say that most often i'm not counseling into a chapter 7 because if you have a mission that's worth saving and your organization is viable then i want to work with you you know in a plan to make that happen through chapter 11 if you've thrown in the towel and said we had good intentions it made sense at the time but we've lost our interest our stakeholders our community is just not there anymore or we had a mission that's no no just just doesn't work anymore then then really i ought to be counseling you on dissolution options wind down and dissolution and not every organization is is forever.
0: You know, the way you frame that, Steve, in that last couple of minutes, that really puts it into perspective and simplifies things. And, and I really like your, the, the questions you ask of potential clients and the viability of the organization and does the mission still work. Is something we preach on this podcast is it's really all about mission, right? We're all in it, you're, you're in the nonprofit for the mission and staying focused on the mission. And if it's still viable uh, and the organization could function, well, let's figure out a way to make that happen. And in this case, bankruptcy may be one strategic option. It may not be, but it may be.
2: And communication is going to be exceedingly important in the not-for-profit. Exceedingly important because, like I mentioned, my example about for-profit, most people don't care that much if you're a customer of a for-profit. You know, American Airlines files for bankruptcy. Okay, whatever. When is your, you know I have a I want to go to LaGuardia. Do you have a flight and how much is it? It's a lot different. So there's got to be a lot of communication internally. You've got to reach out to your most significant stakeholders. You've got to really embrace your community um, from the front end, explaining what your plan is. You've got to go in with a really, really well-defined and uh, well-orchestrated communication plan. And you've got to be able to go in it, As as I mentioned earlier, Um, and it comes into play now in the conversation we're having, bankruptcy is a means to an end, right? It's not a destination. You never want to file for bankruptcy without understanding how you're going to get out of bankruptcy, right? You don't file for bankruptcy and then say, okay, now now what? You've got to have, and now plans change, right? I mean, we all know a plan is not necessarily set in stone but you've got to be able to communicate at the front end. Here's why we filed. Here's how we plan on, re- on, on addressing the, the 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 quote unquote problem. Here's he, it, it, here's our timeline for doing it. And you've got to really collaborate with someone, a team that's really well versed in communications, what I call, you know, sort of. Uh, distressed communications uh, or, or uh, crisis management, you know, crisis communications because it, it is a crisis. It is a crisis, and it will not be if you if you can't communicate the message from the front end. Why we made the decision, you know, what events led to it. Why we made the decision. We 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 made the decision in order to protect the mission, in order to preserve our mission, in order to reach our our stated goals, our goals haven't changed, and here's here's how we plan on doing it. In the not-for-profit world, I think it could be much more catastrophic because I think that the organization could unravel very quickly. So you really have to go in and, and you have to communicate early on I believe that there is always in not-for-profits. There's always the key stakeholders, the key people, right? The key people who are supporting you. You got to reach out to them first. It can't be a surprise. You've got to embrace them, engage those people or engage those agencies or engage whoever really is the most important uh, uh, um, uh, supporters have to know they can't find out about it in the morning newspaper. You know, it just... You know, even in the for-profit world, I I I always say you've got to go out to your major stakeholders in advance. But but even more so in a fragile situation like this, because if you lose your supporters who all of a sudden have lost confidence in your organization, then it's a fair complete, right? Your chapter 11 is going to be unsuccessful. So so I, I definitely believe that um um having resolve for your mission it's this is why at the front end it's important to have that conversation really get board members to really roll up their sleeves and say you know what what went wrong because sometimes you need to just step back and see how did we get where we are are we still committed to the mission or or is there still uh we still have the same resolve and then be able to say okay how are we going to get out of this and that's where i would partner with the client not on the business side right because the business people are going to figure out how how are we going to uh, uh, improve whatever's gone wrong but I would be the partner in this process to say here's how we can accomplish those goals through a bankruptcy process and then we come together and make that you know make that communication known
0: well Stephen this has been absolutely educational and informative. I I have found this discussion absolutely fascinating. Is there any question I didn't ask that I should have about this that you think would be of importance to our audience?
2: I feel that, um, you know, uh, as I'm sure you do all the time when you're working with your boards, right? You're always um, emphasizing good corporate governance, right? Good corporate governance is paramount right you what we always want to do is make sure that our board members are protected right because if things fall apart and people are pointing fingers at why why you know why did this happen right we need to always be mindful that our board members need to be protected and the conversation that we're having is just another way that board members protect themselves because especially in a situation where the enterprise is insolvent, meaning the liabilities exceed the assets, what we don't want to see happen is for what's we don't want to see that insolvency deepen, right? We want to nip things in the bud. We want to have a good record in the board minutes that shows that we have identified a problem, we have sought counsel, we have evaluated our options, and maybe the option, as I told you more often than not, it's not a bankruptcy, but it's all part of good corporate governance. And at the end of the day, we need to protect the board members to make sure that they are not being penny wise and pound foolish, right? Because a lot of times, We don't want to spend the money but just for purposes of making sure that we have we have really protected our board members i believe that it's important that this topic uh, rise to the top in situations where there is something precarious that we're concerned about and the way that i typically communicate this to board members is look you're doing this for the organization but you're also doing it to make sure that you have fulfilled your duties as a board member and so we need to document that we need to document that we need to make sure that we demonstrate that they've relied on counsel they've availed themselves of counsel and made a, a decision that that is that is uh informed
0: well, we, we can't preach enough of how important good uh, organizational and board governance is. And I think you really painted painted that picture uh, over this last couple of minutes, Stephen. So Stephen Solomon, I cannot thank you enough for being a guest on this podcast and sharing your expertise. And who would have thought bankruptcy and nonprofits was, could be a strategic opportunity? And it sounds too positive. I know I don't mean to paint the picture that way, but, but the, the thoughtfulness and the intentionality of it, and it couldn't be a tool for some organizations that need that tool. So I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much, Stephen.
2: Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you reaching out. Take care.
0: Well, that was one incredible interview and so informative. And here we are recapping with Reed to get Reed's insights on our podcast conversation. This one was with Stephen Solomon. So Reed, wow, bankruptcy, nonprofits. You've got three nuggets I know to share with us. Give us nugget number one. Mm-hmm. So, nugget number one is bankruptcy
1: is not a destination. It is a means to an end. That is the first nugget.
0: Yeah, very Sweet. strategic. And what he was talking about was people call and say, Hey, I want to go into bankruptcy. Go, wait a second. You don't just go into bankruptcy. There's got to be a reason you want to use this as a tool to accomplish something on the other side. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Good observation. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. nugget number two for the audience. So for nonprofits, especially
1: communication to the public and to your largest stakeholders is extremely important, much arguably more important than in the for-profit world. But it is extremely important if you are going to be taking your nonprofit through bankruptcy to communicate properly, proper communication to your largest stakeholders and to the public.
0: Yeah, and that's the best opportunity to preserve that trust that invariably you have to have if you're a nonprofit organization and you represent the public good. So absolutely, communication is an important tool in that process. And number three. And my third nugget is not something he said explicitly,
1: but after listening to this interview, this is just another reason to have a diverse range of experience on your board so you know that this is even an option how many people currently on a board even know that that bankruptcy can be used strategically for a nonprofit organization, unless you're a bankruptcy lawyer or a lawyer or have any or gone through it with another organization? Like th- another great example of why you should have a diverse experience on your board of directors.
0: Well, you're absolutely right. And that's what all nonprofits strive for. But sometimes they maybe need to think a little bit more intentionally about that. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, recapping with Reed, our conversation with Stephen Solomon.